0: product people, Sean here. And today, what I want to talk to you about is a continuation of what we talked about in our last session, which was related to product sales. But today, what I want to focus on is the difference between what you may hear refer to from time to time as hunting and farming as it pertains to sales, and in this case, product sales. So these two are often used as analogies to describe two particular type of processes that you'll be investing in while you're building your product company. So hunting is often associated with sales or something that you're doing kind of proactively to find leads and convert prospects into paying customers. Farming, on the other hand, is more related to marketing. And those are activities you may be investing in, whether directly or indirectly, that is expected to bring prospects to you so you can respond to them reactively. So both have their respective uh, pros and cons or advantages and disadvantages. And those are important throughout the phase of building your product company. I want to cover both of those for each for you in this episode. So that's what I want to talk a little bit more about. Previously, what I've been talking about is how to build your product sales process. So we talked about that previously. Now I want to go into the details about both of these two and how building them to kind of complement one another can really help you accelerate your efforts in this process. Okay, so uh, first and foremost, I want to give a little bit more background about each so as i mentioned hunting typically related to sales farming typically related to marketing Uh, and i want to go into kind of the pros and cons essentially of each related to where you might be built in the process of building your product sales so um, hunting you know is more of specifically designed and dedicated outreach to your target market I talked previously about building your product sales process, which should really focus on being repeatable before it becomes scalable. The hunting element is going to help you to be able to successfully do that. And just to reiterate, making your product sales process repeatable means that as you send a specific number of prospects through your product sales process, you should be able to convert a predictable number of those into paying customers for your product. So that's what I mean about making your product sales process repeatable. Now, hunting is going to be a key element of that, especially if your product is new. Because something I'll talk about more in a moment, the farming effort or related to marketing, it takes a little while to build. Hunting, on the other hand, or the sales effort is something you can do proactively at pretty much any time, regardless of whether or not you have a new website or you have a lot of brand authority or anything related to that. So this is where hunting really... strength shines and it's always going to play a key element to what it is that you're doing now this is a this is a proactive investment that you need to make so you need to design the process you need to know where to find your prospects you need to know what type of conversations to have with them to quickly get to the problem that is bothering them the most where they have the most pain so that you can eventually start talking about how your solution can fit for solving essentially what is their top problem that's part of the idea here so the hunting element uh, an investment there will help you in a number of different ways but um which what you're going to use it for initially is this discovery and building your product sales process to be repeatable so that's why i want to mention that one first now the the challenge with the hunting element or i should say a potential disadvantage here is that this potential success that it can have is heavily dependent on your product sales process so if you don't have one and you haven't achieved repeatability first, it's not going to lead to the kind of results that you're looking for. So any wins that you experience may be inconsistent or few and far between, and you don't want that because ultimately that's not going to help you scale, which is the next step in building an effective product sales process. So if you haven't been able to achieve repeatability with product sales process yet, um, you're not going to be able to achieve scalability with it either. And that's an important element to mention. So you need to build your product sales process to be effective and repeatable, and it's your hunting effort is not going to produce the kind of ROI you're looking for or help you make the kind of progress that you're looking for unless it's repeatable and it's essentially validated your product sales process as effective as part of that stage. So before we move on and start talking about kind of the farming element or the marketing effort... I want to share a tip with you based on some experience that I have and feedback that I get from the folks that I work with on a regular basis. And that's to watch out for lead generation services that make big promises, but often fall flat. There's a lot of folks out there that have some experience with these. They sound very, it's very enticing value proposition in terms of for X amount of dollars per month, we will get you however many guaranteed number of leads or paying customers or whatever. What I'm telling you is that they can't promise you that. I have, and I'm speaking from experience because I've sampled them myself. Uh, myself, sorry. <laughs> um, as part of the experimentation that I've done testing these lead generation services, I've you know studied what it is that they are promising, and I've measured the results. and Results typically are not there. So, you know what they're what they're doing is they're trying to promise you what you think you really need, and that's more paying customers. Unfortunately, there's so many variables involved in that process that really they would need to do proper discovery first to understand that you have an effective product sales process, which, to be fair, if you had an effective product sales process, you more than likely wouldn't need those services. So, But this is kind of a putting the cart before the horse kind of thing. If you haven't followed and built that process yet to be effective and in particular repeatable, then using something like a lead generation service is not going to help you with that because their objective is not necessarily design the process for you. They're um, trying to offer you something that you feel that you need. So it's a, it really motivates you to, to want to try this and think that this is how this gets done, but more often than not, it doesn't. So I want you to watch out for that. Instead, what makes more sense is for you, who knows you know, by far the most about your target market, client prospect, your product, the value proposition, to build the product sales process first. And that's what I talked about in a previous article that I've written and a podcast episode from the one that I recorded last in this format is how to build that process. So you build it first. And once you're able to validate that it, in fact, is effective and is able to generate those repeatable results, then can you start kind of leveraging help to do so on a larger scale? So that's more of a scalability step. So stay away from that at this point of the process. Make sure that you build your product sales process to be repeatable first. Then you can start investing in other opportunities kind of to help you, you know, let that scale a little bit more efficiently. Okay. um, So, next, I want to talk a little bit more about the farming element uh, or typically investing into marketing activities and what that can do for you and when you should invest in them. Okay. So, the farming element that I'm referring to is. related to the marketing activities that you are expected to kind of be investing in as part of the process in building your product company and helping improve the efficiency and the effectiveness of your product sales process, most typically at scale. A key element to making sure that this these farming activities and the marketing activities are effective for you is developing what I refer to as hooks, which is to get people in your target market engaged in your value proposition and what it is that you're doing. You need to be offering them some value as part of this process so that they are attracted to what it is that you're creating, which might take the form of content that you produce that speaks specifically about the problems that your target market customers are experiencing, how those get solved, which just so happens to have great overlap with the value proposition for your product. But regardless, um, I just want you to be aware of what I mean when I'm saying kind of these farming activities. And that's, the objective there is to place hooks and content and value out there across the web or however you'd like to distribute it as effectively and efficiently as possible so that over time, as that as those efforts produce more results, that means you know, raising brand awareness and sending more target market customers to you to connect with your brand, hopefully follow your calls to action, which should lead to an additional or however many prospects for your product business which then can go through the same product sales process to be converted into paying customers. So that's how this farming activity or investing in these uh, marketing activities can help you kind of grow and scale. So it starts to really help after you've nailed down the hunting effort and started to build that repeatability into your product sales process. So the advantage that I want to cover related to the farming marketing activity is that obviously the leads, you know, when this starts to work real effectively come to you, which is a very exciting proposition. It's something that I think a lot of us in building product companies long for at some point in the journey. But, you know, I think sometimes there's a bit of misconception in terms of the investment that that takes. But regardless, that's a real element that is a very exciting component to why you want to invest in these activities. So as you're investing and building out you know, your marketing infrastructure and how you're going to invest in that, that's really the advantage of investing in farming and marketing activities. The more directly you can do so in terms of like direct response marketing, the better. But regardless, it is a, you know, longer term investment that's expected to pay off once you reach scale with it. So having said that, and I've alluded to that a little bit already. One of the disadvantages with investing in, you know, the farming and marketing activity is that it takes a while. This is not something that's going to produce overnight results. And I think this is where some folks get discouraged in the process, where they, you know, start doing what I've heard referred to, which is among the best way I've heard it described: random acts of marketing. And I'm guilty of it myself, where I thought, you know, if I produce a couple of this or a couple of that, whatever it is—blog articles, ebooks, or something like that—that's going to make <clears throat> my efforts take off. Um, spoiler alert: it didn't because it wasn't something I was investing in consistently. And that's the difference, right? is the farming and marketing activity is something that's gonna take time to materialize. So I want you to be aware of the fact that it's something that you're going to need to commit to. Just assume that you're going to commit to that indefinitely, which is really what you should be doing. You should be committing to both of these activities, hunting and farming indefinitely. They should ultimately start complementing one another. And there's a somewhat of a sequence to it. I would recommend, you know, hunting on the earlier stage, then adding more of the farming activity. But regardless, they're both important for helping you grow. So just know that your marketing activity is not going to materialize into the results that you want overnight. And that's going to take a while to kind of build the domain authority for anything that's hanging off your website or any of these other areas in which you're investing in. Um, but once you, know, you do get to that point, it can become very effective. And it's an area where you should be looking for opportunities for continual investment. So I just want to mention that as well. A tip I want to share with you related to investing in the farming marketing activity is to watch out for investing into delegating away your marketing responsibility too early in the process. It's unlikely to produce the type of quality that you're looking for, which unfortunately can also damage the brand or the kind of quality you're looking to build into your brand. Now, I share this with the experience I've had as well. Also, I've hired quite a few marketers or some folks to help me with content creation. And it was very much more of a quantity versus a quality thing. It's very difficult to kind of delegate away or have someone else capture your voice. As such, a lot of the stuff was written, didn't quite sound like me either, which may or may not be an issue depending upon the type of product business you're building. But as you're starting out, that might be something that you really want to pay close attention to and maintain a a, uh, significant level of quality over. but beyond that, you know you again like just like hunting on the in the beginning and lead generation services when it comes to creating great you know marketing content, no one's going to know more about the space than you will right You might be able to find some content writers that have experienced in the space, but your value proposition, your positioning, all those things are going to be unique elements that they're going to have to learn. In order to start producing quality content to the extent that you are looking for. So, you know, on the earlier side, I also recommend you do much of this activity yourself. And again, build it into a process, which is something I'm going to talk more about in the future. Because this is an important element I'm getting a lot of questions about also. Because that way, it is something that is sustainable. You need to build it in the form of having the infrastructure to support it. That way you don't fall into that random of marketing trap, which is something I've fallen into several times where investing in marketing, I stop because I get busy. Now I have to start all over again. So I figured out ways to kind of solve that, uh, hopefully for good. That's the objective uh, as part of what I'm doing currently. And I'm going to share that whole system with you as well also. So just be aware of that, that, you know, when you are investing in farming and marketing, um, I would you know recommend you be careful delegating that responsibility away, but Also know that this investment is what's really going to help you uh, scale in the future, generate leads and continue to grow your business. All right. So I want to talk to you about, you know, there's a lot of content out there that talks about, you know, the different pros and cons of each and when to invest in either or which one do you pick, essentially. I don't believe it's a choosing, you know, one or the other type thing. It's something you should be consistently investing in both, in my opinion. So I invest in both and I encourage you to do so as well, too, you know, related to how much capacity that you have. Now, I would recommend you start with the hunting effort or the sales effort and then look for opportunities to get more into investing into the farming effort or the marketing effort once you're ready. And as you're doing that, they will both, you know, you have a nice complement because they have their advantages and disadvantages, which we've already talked about. Um, But then they will ultimately start to complement one another in different ways, which will help you throughout that growth trajectory for your product business. So, you know, to reiterate, the sales effort is critical for capturing discovery data, which will also heavily influence, you know, how you can effectively uh, generate results in marketing as well at a later date. So um, both of them are important. Then when it comes to, you know, how to make them complementary. There's a process to this as well, too. So, you know, previously, I had shared templates from an article I wrote about how to build your product sales process. Um, In there, in one of those templates, in terms of how you manage the conversation was an FAQ section on handling objections that you hear as part of the sales process. So the basically, like one way in which connecting basically hunting to farming or sales to marketing is As you're having conversations with prospects in this carrying out these sales efforts, as you're hearing about objections, those are the perfect things to go into that FAQ section so that you're ready and prepared and any other members of your team as well too, as that grows and scales, are ready to handle those objections as effectively as they can. But that's a way where what you learn as part of the sales effort can influence and improve your marketing effort. So that's one way to kind of connect two of those together. Then, you know, as you are investing further in later stage kind of marketing activities, um, in terms of, you know, for example, email marketing, which is still very, very powerful and something I would also recommend you continually invest in. As you're doing that and as you are building an engaged list of members, you can always ask them for feedback about any problems that they are currently experiencing related to the work that they do that can influence your hunting or your sales effort so the two of these are capable of complementing one another in that not just the ways i mentioned but several other ways as well too um, but if you design it right you can get value out of both and each can support the other as you're growing and scaling your product business so i hope you got value out of this episode i want to talk a little bit more about both of those topics because i hear a lot about both of them quite a bit. The product sales stuff I've been producing more recently has been uh, pretty engaging for folks. And I get a lot of questions about it. And I realize that there's not a lot of content out there produced about it. So I'm producing quite a bit more of it, share insights with you guys in terms of what I've built for my own product companies that's worked and more importantly, what hasn't worked so that you can avoid those pitfalls and accelerate your product company progress. In terms of getting started here, I've built some additional templates as a part of this process that I mentioned previously. So my um, product sales process templates, you can gain access to, I'll put a link in the show notes for the episode, but it's also available on the blog. Access the article that I wrote related to building your sales process. And then if you punch in your email, they'll get automatically sent to you for free. In there, you'll get two different assets. One is a flowchart map in terms of how to design out basically an ideal conversation with your client prospect for your product that will help you get a better understanding and you know what problems that you need to address uh, so you can map those out there how to handle them which directions the conversations may go and then ultimately some of the terminating elements in terms of what next steps might look like if there are some so i've i've created not just a template for you to fill out for your product company but i've shared with you an example from one of my product companies podcast chef We can kind of go and learn how I built that for that particular company. See an example as well. Also, the other guide that's in there is a guide on how to manage essentially the conversation. So as you get to those different junctures throughout managing that sales conversation, it gives you some examples of what to say. And typically what I say when, you know, what I say or what my team says, I should say at this point in managing a conversation with a prospect for Podcast Chef, which is one of my product companies. So in there, it's got examples of dialogue, descriptions for each of the steps, uh, an FAQ section, like I mentioned previously, among a few other things. So leverage that as well, too, and build both of those guides so that you can get started and really like supercharge your product sales process efforts, make it easier to sell your product and standardize around a process that you can then focus on making repeatable and then scalable next. So uh, get a copy of those in order to get started. And if you have any other questions about this stuff, you know, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or email me at sean at nextstep.io to learn more about what I may be able to do to help you out. Uh, and that's sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep, nxtstep.io. Io. And then also via my website or any of the blog articles, you can access my daily email list where I'm writing to you every day now about different types of product strategy tips and sharing insights with what I'm seeing out there in the wild. So thanks for listening and tuning in guys and uh, continue to have lots of success growing your respective product businesses. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Product Launch. I hope you got value out of it. I like to feature product people on my podcast because that's who I love to help. I'm a product strategist and I can help you scale your business and grow your profit through a product. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you, email me at sean at nextstep.io that's Sean, S E A N, at nextstep, N X T S T E P dot I O. Or visit my website at nextstep dot I O. That's N X T S T E P